Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Hey, Santa, you could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy on now at APCO. <laughs> they go to the short side. There's Jordan. Gets rid of it. It's picked up. Ball's been dropped. That's the ball game. Please put it into touch. And at long last, the drought is over. For the first time since Carlos Benzo weaved his magic on the game in 2004, the Blues have come to Christchurch and they have won. Well, you get the feeling that Tony Johnson was pretty excited about that, don't you? Listening to the commentary there, but uh, maybe it was just because uh, it was such a thrilling encounter as well. I was excited to boot and... Uh, I really didn't worry me who won. I would imagine it might have worried uh, Sir John Kerwin, who's uh, joined us on the line this morning. Uh, former Blues uh, player, of course, former Blues coach, um, and a Blues man in uh, the heart, I'm sure. What a thriller, JK. Thanks for joining us this morning. Fantastic result. Fantastic game of rugby, man. Oh, how good. What a great Easter present for all us diehard Auckland fans. It's a bit like being a Warriors fan, isn't it? You know, you've got to be so patient nowadays, but... Um, you know, just a really good... What I was worried about, Smithy, is, and I, and I heard you mention it, um, you know, in the pre-show, is that it could have been a dour, boring affair with lots of malls, right? But it wasn't. There was yeah. an intensity. There was a willingness on both sides, you know, both sides to play footy. And I mentioned on the breakdown the other night that, you know, um, part of our problem, as Bill Beaumont said last year, you know, when our game has played well, um, with both teams are really positive and I'll add the refs into that and the, and the refs competent, it is a great game and it would attract crowds and trouble is we're not just not getting enough of them but you know that was a good one the other night for sure What are you seeing from the Blues that uh, is really impressing you this year and, and to this run of form? Uh, I just think the thing that gives me hope is the youth of the side and how they're all working hard to mature. So a lot of people were saying to me, oh, Rico, you are, you know, we haven't seen those sort of devastating runs, but we also haven't seen him jumping out of his defensive line. We haven't seen him making any defensive um, errors, and he's waiting his turn and doing a couple of great things per game. So I'm really hopeful that he is sort of putting his hand up for, to be the all, the all Black 13, especially with Anton Leonard. Brown and you know that that's a real problem in the midfield. Good, she's been out for a while, but how long is it, Smithy, since we've had someone with genuine pace, like genuine pace, like world class sprinting pace at centre? So I think if he can master that, um, that's really good. And I just think the the, the leadership of Dalton Popo Ali'i um, for such a young man, you know. So for me, those two things are really cool. And and the great story that is Romano, you know, coming into a side, bringing a bit of uh, bringing a bit of maturity, bring, bringing a bit of steel. So yeah, I, I just think that the, the Blues are in good shape, and I think Liam McDonald's got them, um, you know, created a, a winning culture. I mean, that's not easy to do. No one goes down um, to Christchurch and wins. And although. 
the Crusaders were outstanding, you know, coming back from 14 men. I think the, the Blues, you know, did enough, and that'll be great for their confidence. A lot of conjecture still about the makeup of the loose forwards for the All Blacks going forward. Uh, but I've got to say, um, if anyone illustrated the fact that they deserve to hold on to or, or own a, a number seven jersey, it was Papa Leite's performance at the weekend. Just not his leadership, but his general loose forward play. Uh, the covering tackle with uh, Akira, uh, not Akira, with um, Rico Ioane in the corner, basically to save the match, was probably um, the biggest highlight of, of that, I thought. But his, his general play was outstanding. Yeah, look, and I think, I think there's, a, there's another issue... There's another discussion out there, Smithy. It's the loyalty that we show to our great servants of the game and um, how long you do that for. I think there's a lot of the elder statesmen who I love dearly um, that are under pressure from some of the younger guys. I think loose forwards, um, you know, there's a massive competition. Sam Kane's got back to some form. Um, you know, Dalton Popoli, he's knocking on his door. I still think six is an issue. Um, you know, I think Robinson, that was, I think Robinson's been quiet last year um, and he didn't start the year well, but his last two games had been really solid. And I think, what are we going to do, Smithy? This is my question. What sort of mix do we want? You know, because I'm sort of, everyone's sort of been saying for the last, well, since he retired, we, you know, we need to replace Kainal. And I'm sort of going, yeah, okay, get that. But what sort of mix do we want? You know, Adi Savia, do we want him at eight or do we look at him at, at seven and just put him in the competition with the others? Do we want a big six, you know? Frizzell now injured, um, Tupai Vai played lock the other day. I mean, if you want a guy to play six, he's got to play there all the time. Or do you go, right, oh, we're just going to play um, Kane and Popoali'i and, so, and give up a bit of line-out. So I reckon... Um, the, the All Blacks will need to go, well, OK, how are we going to play? And I keep saying this too, Smithy, 18 tests to go. You know, we can't keep messing with the football team. And these guys, I think if they want to win the next World Cup, they've got to be really comfortable with each other. They've got to know each other. You know, when you just have played with someone and you, you would have done it, um, you know, with bowlers, you just know what they're going to do so you can react. And I knew that with, you know, players like um, Joe Stanley. I just knew instinctively what he was going to do. I used to know instinctively that uh, Michael Jones was going to be there. And that comes with time in the saddle. So the rotation that we've been doing in the past, I think we need to be very, very careful of because we've missed a year or two through COVID. Mm, we have. Um, we've also missed continuity of, of some players and positions because they've taken short-term contracts overseas, i.e. Bowden Barrett. Um, now this was uh, an interesting matchup. Build is the matchup of the of the round individually. Barrett v Moonga. Um, how did you see that went? And does that, with your eighteen tests to go scenario, does that answer a question for you just yet? Yeah. Look, I think um, what we what we forget about Daniel Carter was he had to go through a lot of pain to be as good as he was. You know, didn't play in that game in Wales where we lost or played, and you know, so. Um, injured, came, you know, missed the World Cup, and then he sort of came back. So I think you've got to give confidence to a 10. I think Bowden won that game the other night. The only thing he might not have won was the last 15 minutes with his kicking game. Um, and I don't know whether that came from the coach or he just decided, but he certainly would need to have a look at that from a tactical point of view. 
but I actually thought he um, he came out on top. You know, I think the modern ten takes a bit of time and needs a bit of maturity. But I, I, I will go back to the same discussion. Got to make a decision and leave them there. They can't be going into World Cup going, oh, is it me or is it him? Um, they've got to make that decision. And I thought Richie Mwanga was quiet and then came right late. So for me, it's not who's the best. It's who can run the football team and who can tactically execute what the coaches want. Um, I don't think having Bowden playing fullback last time was the answer. I think you've got to go, right, here are our two tens, and away you go, fight it out. But I think Barrett is slightly ahead at the moment. Okay, well, let's look at um, uh, an area that's just uh, dear to your heart, and the role these days of the wingers. I I remember uh, when it looked as if the Crusaders might uh, get out of jail and score in the corner. They had a lock carrying the ball rather than uh, a winger uh, way out on the touchline there, and I just wondered to myself whether wingers' work rates and the demand on work rates these days takes them out of position uh, from time to time, maybe too often. Yeah, well, I, I always remember I got taught at a very young age, if you want to work off the ball, JK, you work from your wing, so the right-hand side, to the first post, so the first goal post, and then you start heading back in case we swing backwards. Um, I don't know if that's still the rule, but if um, you know if Sever Reese is out there, then he scores. So yeah, I think there's, there's there's a real balance that you need to make because in that situation, they've done all the hard work, and um, and you know you need someone to finish. Wingers um, need to be there to finish. So for me, was that a positional thing? Possibly, but I always like for the wingers to work to the first post and then get back into position. I think the wing, I mm. think the wingers. Um, Discussion's a real good one, Smithy, because I like mm. the specialist, you know. Um, and it'll be very interesting when Caleb Clark um, comes back from from sort of uh, suspension. <laughs> There's a few of them on suspension at the moment. But, yeah. you know, I like having that mix. I like having someone fast, and then I like having someone who's big and strong. So, you know, for me, the mix that I'd like to see out there at the moment would be Caleb Clark. Where do you put Will Jordan? Um, you know, he'd probably be the only guy I'd play out of position because I like Geordie Barrett um, at 15. I like Geordie Barrett because I think in World Cup you're going to need someone that can kick a goal from 55 metres, especially against England, if we meet them. So my back three at the moment would be Caleb Clark, Will Jordan and, um, and Geordie and then possibly, possibly... Um, Sebu Reese, but then putting him on the bench, you sort of miss a position, so that's a hard one. Uh, it is interesting, actually. Um, it's nice to see the gap cro- closing on the Crusaders. I think it has been for a while, but in the last three weeks, they've had two three point wins and then a loss. So I think that's encouraging in a way for New Zealand rugby. Yeah, look, I think, um, you, you know, they, that, the thing that worries me the most is most, a lot of the time, they have one loss per season and then get better. So, you know, I think, um, you know, you've got Whitelock to come back. I think Barrett out for a while will hinder them a wee bit. But I think it'll be a good learning for them. You know, um, it, it's, it's something where you just go, oh, it's, it's a pivotal point. If they're going to have a bad season, it starts now. If they're going to have a great season, it starts now type of thing. So, yeah, a real, a real big moment for them. I don't think they've been on form um, you know, like you mentioned, like we're used to. 
But then I think it's the hardest position to defend, you know. How many times have they won it, you know. They're, they're just always up and always there. I think this, this Australian, um, you know, part of the tournament coming up is an interesting one because, and this is no disrespect to our Australian cousins, I just don't know what the comparison of levels are. You know, when you see a humdinger game over there between the Reds and the Brumbies, you know, what, what's the intensity going to be like? What's the difference? I'm hoping it's, it's the gap is closed. And if that's the case, then the Crusaders, are, you know, they're down, they're down the, the ladder. And so they'll need to, to pick their game up from here. The other issue, of course, as you, you touched on before, was uh, punishments and people playing uh, on suspension, etc. Another two red cards over uh, two red cards effectively over the weekend, but three players suspended for three weeks or four weeks out of the weekend as well. Uh, where's the issue here? Is it with the players? Is it, is it with the officiating? Is it a, a combination of both? Is it straight out discipline and technique? Uh, what what is the problem? We keep losing great players, J.K. And what I don't like about it is when you lose great players, it's like for me, when when batsmen, great batsmen get bad decisions in cricket, you detract from the game. And when you take players out of the game, you detract from the quality of the game. And I, that's what worries me about this whole deal. Yeah, look, I think um, I think the punishment has gone up because the players aren't learning. So you would have seen this week that there's been a four-week and a three-weeker. Um, yeah. I think Amore got three weeks and, and Barrett got four. Uh, and I just think because the players aren't learning. So I don't think we're technically looking at this issue well enough. So about oh, 10 years ago now, I think it's probably 10, I always lose track of time. They changed the scrum law and said that if your shoulders are below your hips, you're going to get penalised, right? So mm. they came up with a technical visual response to the problem. Now, I've been harping on on breakdown saying, if you look behind Scott Barrett, he is actually in a position where he can only hit the, hit the chest or the head. He's technically wrong. Same with O'Moore. So if they look behind and there's, you know, there's 12 to 15 cameras watching, they should be, they should have their, their back, even with their hips when they tackle. And so I think we need to go. And then from there, there's mitigating factors. Because they talk about mitigating factors. The only mitigating factor is that if I'm carrying the ball, Smithy, and I slip into you and I'm falling, that is not your fault. That's a mitigating factor, right? But at, mm. in the end, I think it's a technical thing that's being coached. When someone tackles low, you get coached to hit, hit the ball and wrap the ball up. And your job is either to wrap the ball up and slow it down or hit him, get him to ground, and then get back out of the defensive line. So I think the solutions for me are let's get technical with the TMO so we take all the doubt out of it, right? And secondly, um, the coaches need to start saying, if you, are, if you are tackling like this, then you need to get your shoulders at least even with your hips on contact because then you can't go up you know and so i think there's a combination um of of that to come into the game and it needs to be done very very quickly otherwise you know this would happen in the world cup and barrett's out of the world cup yes and that's the thing the level of punishment starting to um almost why well, don't I say exceed the crime but it's starting to really get to the point where uh, 
as you say, you lose a guy in week one and he's perhaps had a bit of a history, you could lose him for up to a month, month and a half. Well, that's, that's Scott Barrett's third, third red card, right, for, the, for a similar incident, is it? Yeah. So, he's, you know, he's got, to look at it, he's got to look at his techniques. I know he's not a, I know he's not a um, you know, he, he, he wouldn't have done that on purpose. And as you said, you know, he walked off and he'd be feeling pretty bad about himself. But then if he keeps doing it, you sort of say, well, I can't keep giving you the benefit of the doubt. And I think that's why he's got the long, um, you know, the long red card. Yeah, no, uh, fair thoughts. Uh, and uh, I loved all your thoughts, uh, JK. Thanks for making yourself available, mate. Have, uh, have a great week and uh, let's look forward to some of that Trans-Tasman stuff at the weekend, eh? Beautiful. Thanks, Smitty. See you, mate. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it, like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.